0: Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. My name is Jill Foose. I'm a functional medicine and integrative nutrition health coach. I created this podcast to bring you along as we travel down intriguing, science-packed roads, debunking old medical paradigms, and perusing new innovative therapies and modalities with the finest functional medicine doctors, practitioners, and like-minded biohackers while living our best life. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome everyone. My guest today is Nicole Herms. Nicole is an avid proponent of functional nutritional testing since she began working at SpectraCell Lab in 2005. In the years since, she's developed training materials for practitioners who wish to integrate functional nutritional diagnostics into their practice with a special emphasis on the role of micronutrient deficiencies in various diseases. With a bachelor's degree in chemistry and a master's degree in business, she understands both the scientific and the practical aspects of lab testing in today's shifting paradigm of healthcare. SpectraCell is CLIA-accredited lab that offers a proprietary blood test to healthcare providers and consumers nationwide. That stands for Clinical Laboratory Improvement Amendments and regulates laboratory testing and requires clinical laboratories to be certified by the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services before they can be accepted into human samplings for diagnostic testing. The SpectraCell test, also known as the micronutrient test, which is their flagship test, is a comprehensive assessment of a patient's nutritional status at the cellular level. Unlike traditional serum, hair, and urine tests, SpectraCell's micronutrient testing measures how an individual's white blood cells function in specific nutritional environments. As a result, individual differences in metabolism, age, genetics, health, prescription drug usage, absorption rate, and other factors are taken into consideration when assessing cellular nutritional status. I'm a huge supporter of testing and tracking as many aspects of our health as possible. Finding out as much information as we can on how our body is working or not working in relation to our genetics, our blood work, cellular functioning, nutrition, brain, and heart health, and more is essential to to finding our unique health equation. In the current conventional medicine paradigm, we are not exposed to such options and thus may not find the precise individual treatment we would benefit from. If you're one of those people who's been dealing with multiple health issues for years, seen multiple doctors for help, and you've tried layers of pharmaceuticals, diets, supplements. With not much improvement, this is the podcast for you. One of my favorite tests is their micronutrient test from SpectraCell. And I want all of you to understand exactly how this information fits into your overall health and wellness equation. We're going to talk about some of the other unique tests they also offer and how these fit in as well. So welcome, Nicole. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Oh, i'm so so pleased you're here and so excited to dig in. But before we um, start, I want to just throw out a little medical disclaimer by listening to this podcast. You agree not to use this podcast as medical advice or for making any lifestyle changes to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to all of my guests on my podcast. All right, let's dig in. I want to know how you ended up at SpectraCell Labs and in the world of functional medicine and precision medicine.
1: Well, it's... A little um, kind of an interesting story I have a degree in chemistry, and all of the chemical jobs that I went to college in Texas were in Houston, Texas, and so I moved to Houston Texas after I graduated and I worked in plastics for a couple of years which I completely hated um and you know I like the chemistry of it and everything but um it was like not in my heart you know I didn't really care about making better plastic or whatever so um, When I got married, I kind of thought, you know, if I'm going to do something, when I have kids, you know, I want to do a job that I completely believe in, that I feel like I'm doing something good for the world, you know, all that sort of, um, you know, mushy stuff. And so I actually approached SpectraCell, and um, this was actually way back in 2004, I approached them and said, look, um, here are my credentials, I think what your test is doing is really good. Um, is there any way I can work for your organization? Um, and so I started, um, and uh, you know, it grew from there. So I, I approached the company because I believed in their tests before I had even, um, you know, really had any experience in functional medicine and everything. And then, well, had it, you,
0: ta- had you taken their test no, before approaching them? Oh, no, okay. I,
1: I was learning, I, I kind of started like, well, this seems really cool. Um. And, you know, I, I don't remember what happened if I took the test first and approached them. It was like around the same time, you know. Um, but what was really convincing is, you know, basically, as soon as I started working there and started working with our clients, which then was just doctors. Now we offer the test straight to consumers. Um, but that's relatively a new thing. You know, we used to um, only uh, sell to doctors and we would have certain doctors that used it in their practice that it, it just totally changed people's lives. And I know that sounds kind of trite or whatever, but it really did because it was a very, very different approach. Um, And it was particularly good for um, people who are really dealing with chronic conditions um, that were just kind of diagnostics hopping or whatever, you know, the traditional medical system sort of just, you know, ate them up and spit them out. And, when they would come across some of these functional physicians as a last resort, um, the micronutrient test really was instrumental in changing things because it is a totally different approach, um, that is absolutely relevant. And so it didn't take long. It was like, you know, I was already kind of just inspired academically. Wow. This seems really interesting. And then when I started seeing the clinical stories in the, in the, um, you know, the doctors that were using their practice, I mean, I was, I was sold. I was like, this is really, um, a game changer. Um, And so I, and my, my role was always sort of, um, I work in the marketing department, but I sort of, you know, like the resident nerd in the marketing department where I would, you know, doctors didn't have time for whatever. So they'd be like, can you focus on this nutrient and this condition and just, you know, help me kind of sit through it all so I can sort of put the. The, the medical literature and the physiological sort of metabolic pathways together with what I'm seeing clinically. And so mm. I helped bridge that gap and, um, you know, have been doing it since. So.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a great story, especially being that you didn't even have the test before you showed up at their door and said, let me in and let me do my, my own magic here. And-
1: well, I, I'm sure I, I remember when I first contacted them, I'm sure I was, the same conversation was, hey, um, how can I work for your organization? And also, where can I get the test? I'm sure, you know what I mean? It was
0: right, probably right.
1: the same time, but
0: right, um, yeah. So. so before we talk about the test, I want to go back to biology class. And I want to talk about um, cell structure, because I think it's really important for people to understand, um, especially those of us who didn't like biology, but just a a brief glimpse into the cell and how it works so that we can set up this conversation on how your tests works alongside the cells. So what is the magic that happens in a healthy cell versus an unhealthy cell?
1: Well, um, the, the big takeaway would be that, um, in our bodies, all of the metabolic work that like makes us tick, whether it's making a neurotransmitter or hormones or um, repairing, you know, uh, detoxifying or whatever, all these processes that happen, they happen inside the cell. They don't, um, you know, our blood is made up of cells and plasma. and, And when we think of things in our blood, it's not really floating around loosely in our blood. The stuff that we need, the food, you know, when we eat and we are absorbing nutrients, those need to get into the cell to do what they're supposed to do. So everything happens in the cell. And that's kind of like a, you know, we sometimes forget that. Um, not only do we have to absorb it in our gut, but even in the bloodstream, you can have something in the bloodstream that's not really getting into the cells. Everything happens inside the cell. And that's, you know, that's where the magic happens, I guess, if you
0: will. So- yeah. So I want, I want all of the listeners to really pay attention to this that what um what nicole just said and i'm going to elaborate on it even though you think you're eating the optimal human diet, whether you think you're doing it right with a vegan diet or whether you think you're doing it right with a carnivore diet or somewhere in between, that does not equate to healthy cells. It doesn't mean that your cells are absorbing all those available nutrients. And I want that to really stick in your mind before we continue on, because that's going to be a common thread throughout the rest of the conversation. So when we don't have a proper functioning health Healthy cell, what are some of the signs that are associated with that that people might think is associated with something else?
1: Right. Um, well, uh, first of all, it depends on you know what the cell, the nutrient. Uh, you know, the cell needs lots of different nutrients, and so depending on which nutrient is not working, the clinical manifestation of that may be different. But really, um, some of the um, manifestations are very can be acute. I mean you know, a a heart attack can actually be kind of, um, you know, um, cascading effects of, uh, you know, high blood pressure, which can be due to um, a micronutrient deficiency. Um, In other words, the deficiencies can present themselves in a very dramatic way, or in in most cases, they are very subtle. In other words, um, like, for example, we all know, you know, vitamin C, We all kind of know what that vitamin is and the deficiency, the gross deficiency disease that's associated with that is scurvy, you know, Um, and when you have scurvy, your like connective tissue is like degraded. doesn't work because vitamin C is used in the the manufacture of collagen. And so you people with scurvy would start losing their teeth and all that kind of stuff. Well, you don't just basically wake up one day and you have scurvy. It takes a very long time for your yep. cells to become so deficient that other metabolic pathways that may overlap, that compensate, are you know, it's it's compromised to the point of such a dramatic manifestation as losing your teeth. But um, there are more subtle deficiency symptoms that occur for years, sometimes decades. But the biggest one is probably um, fatigue. I mean, fatigue mm. is the body's you know, manifestation of we are not, something's not working right. And of course, you know, there's, you can be fatigued because you didn't sleep well, but did you not sleep well because you don't have the neurotransmitters to get you to sleep or because your adrenal glands are totally spent because you're stressed out. I mean, whatever the reason, um, a deficiency can manifest quite acutely and dramatically, or it can manifest um, very subtly over years. Um, a, A resistance I mean, a, a lack of resistance to infections is absolutely, absolutely to be attributed to a micronutrient deficiency. Um, um, migraines, that's a good example of something that's mm-hmm. like acute, that can be a nutrient deficiency, um, but also chronic. In other words, you have them often, but it's acutely presents as a migraine. So yeah, I don't want to say any symptom, but pretty much most symptoms um, that doctors see in their offices or that people struggle with, whether it's, weight gain, the simple things like weight gain or fatigue, lack of sleep to, um, you know, you have, um, you get, you get viral infections or you have a chronic cough or whatever. It's the whole body works on nutrients doing their job. And when they can't, it will manifest eventually.
0: Yeah. I'd like to add to that list. Um, skin rashes, absolutely, yeah. eczema, psoriasis, and then another huge one for women, um, in midlife going through menopause or perimenopause or post childbirth is hair, hair shedding, hair thinning. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that I I'll say that was my story. That is how I found your test and we'll go into more details on that down the road. But, um, after exhausting all other avenues for myself, going through menopause at the time, my functional medicine doctor suggested I take your cell micronutrient test. Let's just see: are, are you? You know, you're on this carnivore diet. You're eating very bioavailable food and nutrition, but for some reason, they're, it, it's not connected to my cellular functioning. My mm-hmm. cells were still not absorbing all of those nutrients, and that was just eye-opening to me and um which is why I love your test so much so but what are some of the main contributors to disease
1: well um it's interesting that you were talking about um you know uh you 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 can eat a really healthy diet which is obviously a subjective thing but um, for the sake of argument let's say you're eating totally like the unprocessed you know perfect diet the thing is um it's not just what you're ingesting. It, um, your genetics may dictate that you need more of a nutrient than someone else. And so that's the beauty about this test. This test, it doesn't really matter why you are deficient. It just, it's like the what. It, it, it tells you what you're deficient in, and that could be because you are a pregnant 20 year old woman with a growing baby, or you're an 80 year old smoker, or you're, uh, um, you have a genetic that basically you you just have a gene that makes you use up a, a nutrient faster than others it doesn't we don't know necessarily the reason i mean sometimes you think the reasons are obvious a lot of medications um, you know very very common medications will deplete nutrients um so sometimes the reasons are obvious, but the thing is the spectral test tells you regardless of the reason it tells you what is actually going on inside yourself at the moment of the blood dry. Um, and that's what's the beauty of it. Is is it in that respect, it takes all of your genetics into account because if your genetics are dictating a lack of absorption or something, or the use of you need more of a nutrient or something, that would be taken into account into the real life function of your cell, if
0: you will. Right. Yeah. It's interesting you brought up genetic SNPs, which I wanted to talk about, we'll talk about a little more down the road. But I also have the um MTHFR C six six C six seven seven TT. So I've got the double variant from my mom and my dad. And I just did a podcast on MTHFR, and these genetic SNPs are not something we talk about in the conventional medical paradigm. You know, they they just aren't um, something that is played is added to the equation or even like thought about. And yeah unless of course you have someone like you or me go into our conventional medical doctor for maybe an annual and say you want to get tested for genetic snips and they kind of look at you like cross-eyed like what yeah. do you what do you mean but um my genetic snip my mthfr plays a massive role in how my body absorbs or doesn't absorb nutrients. So when I have a double variant, my, that gene for methylation is only working at a 30% capacity. That's nothing. Right. So it takes me every day for the rest of my life, that, commitment, that level, high level of commitment to stay on top of it, or I'm not going to feel good because I have gone through not feeling good. And I yeah. still go through bouts of not feeling good. So we'll talk more about genetic SNPs, but I, I love that you, um, you brought that up, but back to disease and what are the main contributors that, that push people towards chronic disease what are, what do those look like?
1: Well, um, if you think about your, uh, you know, your body is made up of cells and if the cells aren't working and, and we call it, you know, cellular dysfunction or, or, um, you know, uh, basically cellular dysfunction, if they're not working, the cumulative effect of that is, Disease is lack of, you know, your your body's not working like it's supposed to be. You know, our bodies are are designed to efficiently detoxify, efficiently repair, uh, you know, to grow and everything. And um, we have all these physiological systems that that allow our bodies to do what they need to do. But for whatever reason, whether you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of toxins far from bombarding us and, and all that. It doesn't mean that we're just doomed to just you know, die a slow progressive disease death. It just means that, um, uh, we, we need to, uh, be aware of the onslaught to ourselves that every day presents, you know, um, and, and much of that every day is probably just the what people eat. I mean, even, even eating, you know, a perfect food, like whatever, a, some, a, a piece of raw broccoli is pretty much on the healthy list of most diets, right? But, um, Even when you're digesting that broccoli, your body will create oxidative stress in digesting food. I mean, just the normal processes that your body goes through um, will create oxidative stress. Well, there's other systems in place in your cells that help combat that oxidative stress to kind of keep it in check. Now, if there's other things, if you don't have the right nutrients available, you know, especially over the course of a lifetime, your body then maybe can't, can't, Combat that regular oxidative stress so much, and then you have another onslaught come in, like maybe you get an infection or you get sick or an injury. You you injure yourself. Well, if you injure yourself, there's going to be inflammation. Usually, you know, uh, just cut yourself. There's inflammation. Your body uses nutrients. It's, the, it's basically the the source of its physiological action to heal itself and um, when you are lacking that, for whatever reason, um, your body is not um, working optimally. Your cells are not working optimally. Now, most of us can have some cellular dysfunction, not notice it. You know, we just um, go about our lives, but we start noticing it as we age, you know. Um, and, and the thing is, um, the diagnostics that are available, particularly this test, like give us an insight into um, fixing that know fixing those deficiencies that we that we have that that's what the. It, I mean this is like next generation diagnostics you know yep. that is basically like we can we can correct for you know you, you mentioned the mthfr methyl mthfr is the methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. it's an enzyme used in our cells um, that it basically serves to methylate which is kind of like a another word for detoxifying um, certain things in our body so um, I have that gene too. I I don't have um, I have a I'm heterozygous, but um, I don't um, that enzyme in my body does not work as efficiently as someone who has the gene um, that it works efficiently has both copies of the efficient gene. And right. so I know that that what that means is I'm predisposed. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's the, the way things are, but I'm predisposed to be deficient in certain B vitamins, you know, mm-hmm. folate or B12. Um, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to be, but right. if I just had that genetic test, I would think, okay, well, there's a predisposition, but this, this spectra cell micronutrient test is like going one step further because it's, are you actually deficient in something that you're predisposed to? You don't, you might not be, um, right. or if you are, you can compensate, you can, um, compensate with supplements or with foods. Um, it, it's, it's, it's like knowing it's, it's just a, a deeper insight into how your cells are working, um. Uh, but back to your question of, of you know, what predisposes people to disease, I mean, um, this whole, the, the whole notion of cellular function contributing to disease is predicated on the assumption that micronutrient deficiencies cause disease, of which there's overwhelming evidence that that is the case. But, um, you know, ironically, in our medical paradigm, it's totally dismissed, you know, yes. by most traditional um, medical practices. Oh, you get everything you need from food. That's completely not true. And we all know that, but, um, this test is, is, um, you know, it takes it to a different level. Like you, you can see what you are actually deficient in, um, versus sort of assuming based on genetics or assuming based on what you ate or assuming based on symptoms. It is, it's actual cell function. It's a functional, um, cellular tests that we do on the person's own cells. So it's a, it's a um, you know, real time,
0: if you will. Right. And I think it's um, important to note that even if you have a genetic SNP, it does not mean that it's going to be turned on. It's the, we're, what Nicole is kind of talking about are the epigenetics, yeah. right? So, just you're, you're, we're all born with our genes and our genes are our genes. But it's the epigenetics, which refer to, you know, our nutrition, our lifestyle. Are you working out? Are you sleeping? Are you around environmental toxins? It's all of that that can easily um, turn on or turn off genes. And some genes we don't want turned on, and some right. genes we don't want turned off. So, it's this delicate balance between um, how we live our life. And how and what our genes are, are, how our genes are functioning for us.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that you um, y- you mentioned you know the genes. We, we're obviously born with the DNA we're born with, right? right. And, you know, um, when I was in college, which I mean that was twenty five years ago, but still, it was in the recent history. You know, in college, you know, I was kind of taught you get you have the gene or you don't, you have this heart disease gene or you don't, and the thing is that is completely. Misleading, because yeah. we have a lot of genes there's a lot of genes we all have it's whether they're expressed whether they 're turned yes. on it's like the light switch. Are you going to turn on this gene or not, especially when it comes to cancer there's a lot of like tumor suppressor genes you know um and and some genes we want to be turned on, and some genes we don't want to be turned on, and guess what turns those on Nutrients a lot of times will turn genes on or off, like nutrients yeah. interact directly with. Our DNA. And so um, that's just another sort of, um, you know, aspect of how, you know, the traditional medical paradigm is like, oh, you have the gene, oh, you're doomed. And it's completely not the case. You you, you have the gene, well, how is your gene expressed? What can you do to compensate? Um, you know, it's, it's exciting in a way because the more we learn, the more we realize our body is actually absolutely adaptable to Yeah. Change
0: it. And it also puts the, you know, a lot of fear in people to go get genetic testing or to have this micronutrient test or other tests, you know, people, um, some people just don't want to know and I I don't understand that I would, I want to know all the information, because I want to be so prepared precise, as precise as I can be in my lifestyle and in, in the supplements that I take. So often, um, and I'm sure you've experienced this, I'll hear my friends say, oh, I just read this great article on you know this form of magnesium, and I think I'm just going to take it, or I'm going to take this amount of vitamin D3 because I read it in an article here or saw it on an Instagram post here. Well, guess what? everybody's different. And just because your neighbor or your, you know, workout buddy looks terrific and feels great and is taking, you know, X, Y, and Z supplements does not mean that that's what your body
1: needs. They're all exactly different. Right. right. Yeah, it, it's it's um, you know, that's one thing um, that I always mention. you know, first of all, spectra cell doesn't sell supplements. We only do the lab test that is right. looking at the, the blood work, you know? Right. Um, and really, you're, you you're not you're not going to necessarily take the, su- the same supplements your whole life. You know, I I've, I've done this test on so myself through two pregnancies. I mean, it's my needs have changed and yeah. my supplements change accordingly. Absolutely. Um, but I think that kind of boils down to you know um, you know a lot of people want the, the the pharmaceutical paradigm is kind of like we have high blood pressure, here's a pill for that. Here yeah. you've got headaches, here's a pill for that. And you know, supplements is people can kind of fall into that trap of the same thing. Oh, I've got high blood pressure. Here's a supplement for that or whatever. It, it's, you still have to sort of, um, you know, take responsibility for learning about your body, if you will. Um, in other words, we're, we're, you don't just get this tests and then here's your supplements, correct all of your ails for the rest of your life. You know, you will, co- the idea is you correct the deficiencies that are reported to you, but you know as as you go through life other things may become deficient other you, it's it's not like you correct it once and you're done forever you, it's like taking um you know you you continually want to make sure that your body is replete in nutrients um yeah and so. i
0: i would say the equation for women is so much harder than for men right because yeah. we have the you know our our when we go through menstruation as a young young woman, then we're in our birthing year, our childbearing years. Then we're hitting perimenopause, and then menopause, and then postmenopause. And that roller coaster ride, every yeah. twist and turn requires different things.
1: Yeah. Well, and and, and hormones um, hormones and nutrients are totally interact. I mean, hormones. You know, some hormones need nutrients just for their structure you know some um some are regulated by nutrients um hormones like for example estrogen it um estrogen can become toxic it's it's it can be good or bad depending on its form well guess what detoxifies it guess what regulates the form it's in it's nutrients you know what i mean um it's it's kind of like you know hormones are very um you know fundamental to health for men and women, w- women's are just more complicated because we have yeah. cycles, it's not just a nice like line, it's, it goes up and down um, monthly and through our life. But still hormones are so, um, you know, whether it's thyroid, estrogen, uh, you know, steroid hormones or, um, you know, neurotransmitters, they're all very fundamental to health. Well, those are um, regulated by micronutrients. Like micronutrients are even more fundamental than hormones because they're kind of what's directing hormone, um, uh, synthesis and regulation. Just a a good example would be thyroid. We all kind of understand, um, you know, thyroid and hypothyroidism, your body sort of like slogs along and and is not really metabolically working up to par. Um, well, thyroid hormone, um, is your, your thyroid makes, Um, thyroid hormone but that thyroid hormone needs to be converted into like from t4 to t3 well that conversion is dependent on minerals for example selenium selenium if you're deficient in selenium you might make thyroid but you can't convert it to the bioactive form right so you know traditional tests don't catch this kind of stuff that's what the cell test is so um useful is because it's comprehensive there's a lot of nutrients on it but it's it's just so fundamental You know, uh, it's it's more fundamental than hormones, even, which are a pretty fundamental part
0: of human physiology. Right. And using selenium as a great example is our food is not as nutrient dense as it once was for our, you know, generations back. Our soil is depleted, so our food is depleted. You know, it might look shiny and colorful at the grocery store but it it, you know behind closed doors it is not full of what it used to be back in the day and so for selenium you know you could eat two or three brazil nuts a day but but is that really the bioavailable form of selenium when someone is deficient in selenium or are you better off taking a um a selenium supplement so there's all these things to balance i just had this conversation on the mthfr podcast about can we be purists can we just yeah. live off the the food that's provided to us from uh mother nature whether it's plant-based or animal-based and and to me the answer is is a big no because it, it's just it's not as nutrient dense and it's Impossible to eat all the nutrients you need in all the amounts you need on a daily basis. It's just impossible.
1: You know, that is a great question. Um, I mean, really, if you can get someone to go live off the land for six months, completely off the land, I would love to Yeah. respect yourself before and after. I mean, it's it's kind of a moot point because you're exactly right. Selenium is a good example. There's the only reason why Brazil doesn't have a lot of selenium is because there's a lot of selenium rich soil in Brazil. but um, you know, our plants get the minerals from soil, you know, and so yep. if we, you know, I mean, that's it's a whole nother sort of, you know, subject, but if we um, don't treat our soil correctly, we're going to, it doesn't matter if we're eating the tomato off of that, you know, grape vine, if that vine is in um, soil that's, um, you know, has been leached out of minerals, it's just not as, um uh, nutrient dense as it once it as it was once upon a time. But even then, um you know, if, if someone's really a purist, I mean, that's a pretty big, ginormous first step because no one really is a purist. You know, I, I um certainly love real food, um, but I'm still getting my food from the grocery store, you know, I mean, um, and so I you know, I don't know what the, when it was picked. I mean, sometimes a lot of farmers markets, I live in Colorado, which is nice. Um, But uh, that's a whole nother thing. And when it comes to animal foods, you really need to know what did that animal eat? Because that is absolutely critical to whether that animal food is going to be inflammatory or not, you know? Um, And uh, um, so whether we can get all of our nutrients from food, it's a. I mean, theoretically i guess yes but practically i just don't see it in this day and age um, um but it's it's a moot point because really if you are living off the lands completely and you know catching your own fish in this beautiful unadulterated stream and you know growing your own vegetables well you're probably feeling pretty good anyway you know what i mean yeah um yeah but that's always like the question is, is
0: yes yeah. You know, yeah, it's 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 important um, to really acknowledge that. I, I have a lot of uh, clients that come to me, and they have this, you know, they show up and they have this seemingly wonderful diet, but they're really not feeling optimized. And why right. is that? And so we always talk about macronutrients. We talk about carbs, fats and proteins a lot, but your flagship test is called the micronutrient test. So I think it, um, it will benefit the listeners to talk about why, why micronutrients, what are micronutrients and what is the role they play in our cellular health? Well,
1: that's a good, um, a good point because um, macronutrients are uh, like you said, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, there's good and bad of both. Um, But if macronutrients are like the big, you know, uh whatever the the big you know, foods that we ingest, micronutrients are like the chemicals in the food that um cause our bodies to uh, be able to work. But in simpler terms, micronutrients are vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, um amino acids, uh, you know, fatty acids. They're basically the chemicals in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um um, you know, some micronutrients kind of have dual roles. Vitamin D is a micronutrient. It's a vitamin, but really it's also a hormone. It's kind of a pro- pro-hormone. It acts yeah. like a hormone in our tissues. Um, you know, uh, you know, minerals, we all kind of understand a mineral is you know, zinc is just simply a mineral, you know, on the periodic table. But zinc actually catalyzes like over 100 reactions in our body. So, um, you know, like for Everything from like, um, you know, an enzyme that's going to help, you know, digest food or an enzyme that's going to create energy in our mitochondria or whatever. I mean, all these um, use chemicals and these chemicals are the micronutrients. The micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals that make us tick, basically.
0: Yes, and all foods have micronutrients. Whether yeah. you're a carnivore or a vegan, they are in all foods in just different ratios and different types.
1: Yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention, um, you make a good point about the, the foods. It's like, we can eat a healthy food. You, know? um, you eat a, some broccoli, it's gonna have a lot of um, you know, minerals and all this good stuff. But there's also foods, if you wanna call them foods, um, or things that we ingest that, um, like if you drink a soda- you know, soda's not going to have any nutrients, but it's also not just neutral because your body is going to use up nutrients, detoxifying that or or um, uh, metabolizing that. Um, you know, so like if you eat a really healthy healthy something, but you eat something that is not healthy, that's going to deplete you because it, it needs the nutrients to um, you know metabolize it. You got to remember that too. You know, a lot of people are like, oh well, I'm eating good stuff, so that's taking care of it. No, everything that we ingest. Is going to have either a positive or a. You know what I mean? And so, you know, unfortunately, that makes us accountable for every um, everything that we ingest. You know, I mean, it seems daunting, but the real truth is, it's actually quite empowering. You know, when mm-hmm. you realize, um, you know, if 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 you were a purist and and um, you know eating really unprocessed, unadulterated food, I mean, it's life changing you know? Absolutely. Most people do not do that, not even for a short period. What if you lived your life like that? I mean, um, are you familiar with Dr. Weston Price's um, book? I mean, I I feel like that book should be um, taught in medical school. It's a book about a man who went around in the 30s around the world and looked at um, indigenous cultures that actually did live off the land. Their diets were totally different. Some of them were lived by the ocean and so they had a lot of seafood some of them lived um you know in in like Canada where they're um they ate like native like um cranberries and deer you know I mean their their diets were very different but the thing that they didn't have none of them had chronic disease in fact they didn't even have um he was a dentist they didn't even have uh dental caries or or mm. cavities and and the thing is what was so interesting about his book is it was about the time when um uh Europeans were kind of um, creating uh, uh, trading posts and they would set up these trading posts where they would trade white flour, sugar, and um, jellies to the people who were eating off the land. And they saw these chronic diseases develop in one generation. It's, it's an amazing book. It, 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 it's, um, I mean, it was written in the 30s, but um, uh, anyway, it, it's, it's um, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, eating real food completely, um, is a very healing thing, but not, you can't just eat real food and bad food because everything that you ingest is going to have a metabolic effect on your body. So, um, it's, it, you know, it's, 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 like I said, it can be daunting, but it's also extremely empowering when you really, um, you know, see the effects of it.
0: Right. I mean, always eating a whole food diet is going to be better than a processed diet, but that still, um, doesn't mean we go back to that initial conversation. It just still doesn't mean we're absorbing all those amazing nutrients, these little chemical messengers that talk between the cells and, and Um, handle all that stuff in our body, all that
1: good stuff. One of the, the good news is also though, that our body has like this, um, these amazing like sort of systems of redundancy built in. So, um, you know, uh, like I said, zinc, um, you know, is a catalyst to like over a hundred metabolic reactions in the body. Well, um, there's other, like, if you are deficient in something, your body has these mechanisms in place to compensate that for, you know, up to a point. So it's, in other words, if you, if you can replete your cells there it's not like, you know, one bad, you know, Christmas dinner and all this work is undone. Your body, it, it, it it holds to those nutrients. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you're, you're for this test, we do it on lymphocytes, which the lymphocytes that we do it on are um, peripheral lymphocytes. They have lifespan of four to six months. So you don't become deficient overnight. You can't replete that deficiency overnight, but once you do replete the deficiency, it's not, um, as I guess as fragile as you may think, in other words, your body has, a, a, um, if you really replete your body, it, it, um, it, you know, it will, there's mechanisms in place that it will, uh, stay healthy. Um, you know, in other well, words, I, I know. know yeah.
0: yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. However, the body is so smart that it will prioritize what That's really needs exactly to right. be done to survive. Yeah. And so let's just use um, menopausal hair thinning for an example. Like if your thyroid is off, if your hormones are off, if you're on hormone replacement therapy, if you have um, a, a genetic SNP such as you and I, different, but we both have them. If you have an autoimmune disease, if, you, if you're... If your lifestyle is poor, poor nutrition, your body's going to prioritize where it's going to use these macro and micronutrients, especially those micronutrients, Mm -hmm. because there's only so much energy. There's only so much to go around. So we don't need hair to survive. It looks great, but we don't need it to survive. And so your body's going to utilize the nutrients it has and the amount it has to do all the things it has to do to keep you going, keep your metabolism going, keep you, you know, your temperature control, um, all these, your heart beating, your brain functioning. And it's going to say, you know what? I I don't have enough left for the hair, for the hair follicles. So I'm just going to like pull the plug on the hair follicles and we're going to deal with everything else we need to deal with. And so it was, it, it was that moment in my life when I turned 50 and i've been in function i've been into functional medicine and holistic healing you know since i was 16 so a really long time and i raised my five kids this way but it was when i turned 50 that everything just started to to spiral down for me and i'm always on top i'm at least i always think i'm on top of myself right and that's when we, That's when my functional medicine doctor said, you know what, let's see what's going on at a cellular level here and see what's happening. And um, like I said earlier, it was astonishing to see that with the diet I ate, the nutrients I was providing my body, that my cells were, were I think I was functionally deficient in maybe 10 major vitamins and minerals and um, maybe another 12 borderline deficiencies. Yeah. So let's talk about the micronutrient yeah. test. Let's talk about like when, such as myself, when you get to that point where you've exhausted blood work, you're, you're every three months, you know, you're looking at your thyroid because I only have half a thyroid. Every three months, I'm looking at my sex hormones. I'm trying to get all these puzzle pieces in line with each other to work harmoniously together. Mm-hmm. And I'm still... Having my hair shed. Um, what is going on? So take it from there.
1: Well, let, let me. Um, I'll just kind of give an overview of how the test works. Basically, yes, perfect. Um, it's called the micronutrient test, and if you take blood, um, it's whole blood that has to be taken through a vein. Um, because we actually that blood needs to be overnighted to the lab in Texas. Um, because we need to receive the blood within 24 hours. Um, and the reason. Why is because when we get that blood, we take the lymphocytes, which are white blood cells that are like kind of the superstars of your um, immune system and systemic health. But we take those white blood cells and isolate them. And then the first step of the test is we take those um, white blood cells and expose them to the perfect nutritional environment. And that is the heart of the test. It's It's called the CFBI medium, which is basically... Um, a culture medium that was developed at the University of Texas way back in the like 80s. And this was based on research um, from Dr. Roger Williams, who's like the father of um, individuality. He, he coined the term biochemical individuality. But I, I guess my point in saying that is this is not just some test that we just kind of invented. This was developed in academia, the University of Texas, like in the 80s and early 90s. And then it was commercialized in the 90s to where doctors could order it. So we take these lymphocytes. And grow them in this called CFBI for Clinton Foundation Biochemical Institute, where it was invented um, like 30 years ago. This is this medium is like all the nutrition needed to optimize lymphocyte growth. Okay? So we grow your cells in that. We're taking your lymphocytes and we grow them in the best possible environment they can be in. And we take that measurement. And that is basically the first step. And that measurement is called your Immunodex, which is, it's um, the the term for the type of assay is it's a lymphocyte proliferation assay, but it's basically measuring how strong your lymphocytes can grow, like how healthy they are in the best possible world. Now we take that same, those lymphocytes and we subject them to a media that has um, basically like one nutrient removed. So we'll say vitamin B1, for example, We take that um, lymphocyte, now we know the best possible growth rate it can have. Now, let's say we expose it to an environment where there's zero B1 available for that lymphocyte to use in its attempt to proliferate or grow. If that lymphocyte grew the exact same rate, then it is not deficient in B1 because it had the B1 inside the cell in order to perform all the metabolic work it needed to to proliferate or grow or basically clone itself. That's what lymphocytes' job is to basically clone themselves when needed. So if if that lymphocyte did not grow, if it grew exactly the same without B1 as it did in the perfect environment, then great, it's got B1 in it, and it's um, not deficient in B1. However, if that lymphocyte growth rate changes and suffers, and now that lymphocyte cannot grow, it cannot proliferate, it can't clone itself very well, because it's like, um, um, it's because it didn't have the B1 available to do that. And, and so it would be deficient, it'd be considered deficient B1. So this is done for all of the nutrients in the test. There's 31 nutrients tested, and then there's um, four metabolic tests that are unique in, in themselves. So for 31 different nutrients, we are comparing the growth rate of the lymphocyte in the perfect nutritional environment to an environment that is not subjected to the specific nutrient which we're testing. Mm. So so that is um, a true functional test. In other words, we are not measuring how much B1 is in the cell or even B1 is in the blood. Because any measurement of that would be like just basically mass per unit volume, which is what serum testing, you get a vitamin D test, it's measured in mass per unit volume. This, our test is reported in percentage because it is comparing the percentage, it's comparing the growth rate in the perfect environment, in perfect nutritional environment, compared to the growth rate in the environment without said nutrient. And Mm -hmm. the percentage is the difference in growth rate because it's a ratio of growth rates. It's reported in a percentage, which is a ratio. Um, And so we repeat this for the 31 nutrients, and that is how we determine... If the cell is functionally deficient in um any of the nutrients that we've had. So it's it's not measuring how much of the nutrients there, it's measuring how well your cell is using the nutrient, which is really what's
0: important. And what's the difference between um I have my test right here actually, my recent one. And so what is the difference between functional deficiencies and borderline deficiencies?
1: They're um they're the they're this um it's just the degree in which they're deficient, so uh, functional deficiency on our on our report they're both functional deficiencies i guess in the, in the truest sense of the term, but the ones that we report um the report breaks them up into functional deficiencies and borderline the yeah. functional ones are just more deficient they're they're um they're more severe. The more severe deficiency borderline is kind of like, they're not really deficient, but if you don't keep an eye on them, they could definitely be pushed into the deficiency. And, and um, actually I would say, we just started reporting the borderline probably within the last 10 years. We used to not report the borderline because it was so, um, there was so, some doctors thought it was so much um, information that they didn't want the borderline information. They're like, I just want the gross, de- you know, the, the more severe deficiencies and, and I wanna work on that with my patient. But the truth is the borderline deficiencies, it's worth noting because like I said, um, they're on their way to becoming deficient. So it's a yeah. lot of information, but it's, um, we, we include them because they are important. The the good news is when you get a report and it shows you, you know, you have these deficiencies and then these de- other nutrients are like in your borderline area. What we've noticed is sometimes when you correct one deficiency, others sort of like get better. In other words, it's, um, Just like your body has redundancy when it's lacking something to kind of compensate, when you replete something, it's almost like you're saving the nutrients in a way. It's like you replete something and then other nutrients just tend to sometimes get better. In other words, so -hmm. you have like eight deficiencies and, you know, we kind of look at the report, you know, report by report, but if you correct like four or five of those, other ones will tend to get better that we've noticed that. In, in many
0: cases. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, it can be overwhelming when you get the results back, right? Especially if you've never done this test before yeah. and you just look at all of this information and you're like, what do I do? Like, where do I even start? But I love how you, your um, company, gives suggested supplementation. Right. as well. I mean, you absolutely need to be working with your primary care physician, your functional medicine doctor, your integrative doctor, whoever it is, you know, this is something you should definitely have um, a, a partnership with someone to uh, help you make sure you're taking the proper dose of whatever the micronutrient deficiency is that you have. Yeah,
1: you know, this- absolutely. I mean, ideally, it's, it, it's great if a person works with their physician when they're getting her test, you know, that's yeah. why, like I said, we've, we've sold the test that the, the test was ordered by doctors, um, you know, for um, most of our history. And I would say in the last couple of years, we're, we're now offering it to consumers. And that's just kind of like a byproduct of the fact that people want to do their own labs, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, we don't, we don't, take insurance anymore we don't submit to insurance because it was such a it was such a headache some insurances paid for our insurance used to pay for this test sometimes it didn't it was just it, it was um a lot of doctors that were using our test were just um, frustrated by the whole insurance component and, and we were like look it's a great test we're just not doing insurance anymore um and, and so because of the not having to deal with um insurance we can we can just people can order it directly and people want to, you know, that's kind of, especially, um, you know, after, after COVID and people are sort of like taking more interest in their own health and their own labs or whatever. So, you know, we do sell to direct consumers. Absolutely. Um, And so as a result, we do put suggested supplementation on the report, although I'll be honest, it's very conservative. Um, You know, we put very conservative dosage doctors that use our test on their patients will often supplement in much higher dosages because they're experienced in it they know what they're doing and they're not afraid of, uh, of it because when you supplement in pharmacological dosages that's what drives sometimes those nutrients into the cell or it drives the reaction to, to replete the cell um, but we can't you know we can't put these you know right super those claims. dosages on the report so the report is actually very conservative um, you know, you can look in the literature and look at trials done on supplements and the dosages. Um, sometimes the dosages are much higher or whatever, but we, like we say, it's just suggested supplementation because we're allowed, we can't be the doctor, you know, telling the patient exactly what to do. We're just providing the information and the blood work, but we also want to give you as much information as possible so that you can replete yourselves. You know, you're not just armed with, um, you know, I'm deficient in
0: this. I don't want to, I don't know what to do about it now, you know? Right, right. And one of the, um, one of the positives that are associated with this whole pandemic is that many functional medicine doctors are now working online so if you are yeah. out there and you live in a rural area this test can be shipped to you you can just go to your local hospital your local doctor have the blood drawn it comes in a kit um it's very easy you get your blood drawn ship it in overnight um it comes with a addressed envelope or a box yeah. to go back so
1: all the shipping in. The yeah area. it's all there
0: Right. And now, you know, there's no more reason not to connect with a functional medicine doctor or some like-minded practitioner online because we can get to anybody anywhere now. Right. 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 So, so many times I have had clients in the past come to me that they live in a rural area and they just don't have access to all of this. And so I think it's wonderful that your company now is open to um, sending it direct to the consumer. Um, One of the really interesting parts of your test is the carbohydrate metabolism component. Yeah, can you, can you speak to that, um, a bit? Because I, I found that just so incredible. Um, and I want to share that with the, uh, with my listeners.
1: Yeah. The, so the, spec, the this full spectrum test, there's, um, 31 nutrients, which are like the vitamins and minerals, you know, many of which we've heard of some of them, a lot of people haven't heard of like right. or, cysteine or whatever, but, um, all the nutrients, and then there's four tests that are metabolic tests. I mentioned one of them, which is the first step of the test. It's called ImmunoDex, and that is measuring your cell immune function, which is totally underrated because it yep. is, um, you know, your cells immune, the lymphocyte function is um, absolutely what helps you resist infections, including COVID. I mean, it's it just it's an underrated aspect of the test. So there's one that's immune function, one that's measuring your cell's resistance to oxidative stress, how well your cells can handle oxidative stress. And then there's two metabolic tests that um, assess carbohydrate function. And they're really interesting. One of them is called the glucose insulin test. It's um, it's not a glucose, nor is it an insulin test. Um, right. A glucose test, people intuitively know you're measuring blood, you know, your blood glucose levels in your blood or insulin. If you get your insulin, it's, it's like I said, it's measured in mass per unit volume. Our test, however, is measuring, it's, it's actually, um, like a measure of how well insulin is functioning in your cell. In other words, we take the lymphocyte and, um, if your cell is not using insulin very well, like because it's resistant or it's insensitive to insulin, but the the lymphocyte is not, um, utilizing what insulin is there, um, then it reports as a deficiency in glucose insulin interaction. But what this really means is that your cells are not using um, insulin efficiently. Um, So it's, we see this um, test is very common in people with metabolic syndrome. Um, And it's almost, it's almost like it's a, earlier test than some of the pre-bi- pre-diabetic, um, you know, markers that are out there. Um, what's interesting about the glucose sensitive I mean, the glucose insulin test. So it's a measure of basically how well your cells can use insulin, which is really mm-hmm. important because, you know, you know, type one, and type two diabetes, type one diabetes, you're, you can't make any insulin type two diabetes. You make a ton of it, but your cells can't use it because they're like resistant to it. Right. Um, So this is, this is um, helping, you know, are your cells sensitive to insulin? What we've noticed is if you have a deficiency in this, um, a lot of times there's other deficiencies in nutrients that when corrected, this automatically corrects. For example, chromium. Chromium is huge in your body's um, ability to um, metabolize carbohydrates. If you're deficient in chromium, um, chromium is actually part of the glucose tolerance factor, which helps metabolize, um, you know, carbohydrates. So if you're deficient in chromium and you correct that deficiency, a lot of times your insulin function will automatically improve. Um, so this this part of the spectral test is sort of like a, a unique metabolic test. Um, and uh, what we've noticed is often, like I had mentioned, the nutrients take a while to replete. And when I say a while, I mean like a couple of months. You know, you, you it takes a while to really drive those nutrients into the cell to replete the function. But the glucose insulin test tends to correct in the matter of a few weeks versus a few months. It's interesting, it just corrects faster. It's more viable, if you will. So that is one of the two um, carbohydrate um, function tests is um, measuring how well, how sensitive your cells are to insulin, which is hugely important to know. Um, And just as an aside, you know, we've had um, people who've done this test that run a marathon and they get this test and they're totally fit you know, as in they can run a marathon and stuff, but their glucose insulin test is deficient. And they're like, what? And the thing is, your cells can be, you know, deficient or they're not really that sensitive, even if you're performing. In other words, it's a matter of time before that turns into some kind of pre-diabetic diabetic marker, if you will. Um, so this is almost, it's, it's just a really good early indicator of, of, um, of uh, insulin sensitivity. The other one is, called a fructose sensitivity test and, um, fructose, it it basically is not a measure of fructose deficiency. It's a measure of your cell's ability to utilize fructose. So when you, when fructose is used in the cell, it, it actually fructose is metabolized in the liver and, um, uh, fructose, when you ingest fructose, it does not actually, um, directly impact your blood glucose it does indirectly but not directly and and if you are deficient on this fructose sensitivity aspect of the vector cell test um what that means is your bodies cannot handle the fructose that it's ingest that you're either ingesting or that that's there um, and a lot of people think get this all the time they're like okay does that mean i need to stop eating apples you know and the thing is does not mean you need to stop eating apples. What it means is um, there might be some uh, um, things that are being ingested that people don't really realize that have fructose. I mean, obviously, fructose uh, corn syrup has a lot of fructose. High fructose corn syrup has a ton of fructose. I mean, and we we're talking like copious amounts from a cellular metabolic standpoint. Um, even just like juices, juices are really high in fructose. People think, oh, it's just apple juice. How is that different? An apple is totally different. An apple is fiber. It's totally metabolized differently. Um, But another interesting thing is um, like we've had people, um, you know, that don't eat juices. They don't drink sodas or whatever, but they may show up as a deficiency in their fructose sensitivity. Um, And one thing that's high that's sometimes underrated is wine because wine um, tends to increase, you know, has a lot of fructose from the grapes, but also, um, also, um, sorbitol is sometimes used to preserve wines. Um, and also like sorbitol and a lot of sugar alcohols are used in, um, keto foods, you know, people that are on a keto diet, they're like, I'm not, I'm not eating any carbohydrates. How could I be fructose sensitive? The thing is a lot of these sugar alcohols are, um, metabolized, um, in the liver in a a way that compromises your ability to use um, fructose. And so we, sometimes sorbitol and sugar alcohols can induce a fructose, um, induce a sensitivity to metabolizing fructose. So it's not just like, you know, these two metabolic tests that are on carbohydrate metabolism tell you so much on your cell capacity, um, just so much more than just, you know, you know, a glucose test, or whatever. Um, But anyway, absolutely. Um,
0: No, you did. And it's, um, it's making me think about my my fifth kid who's a professional hockey player. And I had him do this test because he was complaining that and he eats super healthy, and he's super on top of it supplements based on his blood, all that. And he was complaining that he was starting to feel very tired and run down. And he just was like, I'm eating right. Why? Why am I not? having the energy. And so we know our two forms of energy in the body are either glucose or ketones or mm-hmm. fatty acids. Right. And so obviously um, if he's going to be eating a lot of healthy carbohydrates, meaning like sweet potatoes, yams, um, things of that nature. And he is um, he, his fructose sensitivity and his glucose insulin interaction on the micronutrient test were very compromised.
1: So sure. he, what, Oh, go ahead. So I was going to say about the um, the fructose. Another thing that's interesting about that is um, the pathway that the cells use to metabolize fructose. Um, I forgot what it's called. like the, the, it, the phosphate path pathway or whatever. Um, it also uses vitamin C. And so it, it, it and we see this with athletes, but there's a lot of uh, professional athletes that use this test. Um, those, you know, obviously these people are fit and, they're eating better than most Americans. We're not talking about the 60 year old diabetic, you know, right. Um, But they have these deficiencies. Well, their, their bodies are, you know, performing at such a level that they may be using up, they may be needing more nutrients, you know, their bucket, their spectral cells tell their spectra cells says they, you know, their cells are deficient. Um, Doesn't mean they're not fit or they're not doing something right. It's just their, their game is so high that they need more. You know what I mean? Their cells their, if their cells had that nutrient, their cells would work even better, if you will. Yes. And so with fructose, um, sometimes uh some of the deficiencies we see with fructose are vitamin C, um, is a big one and copper. Mm-hmm. And if and we've noticed if you have a vitamin C and a copper deficiency with the fructose, and you correct those, the fructose sensitivity corrects and your body becomes more capable of metabolizing fructose. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 it's another thing is these aren't just nutrients in isolation. We're looking at the huge, the big picture. We're looking at 31 nutrients plus four metabolic tests that tell you a ton of information about your cells, you know? Right. Right. Um, and your, your, your healthy lifestyle is, um, is just one aspect of it. You know, I mean, so if you're an athlete, you are taxing your body, Especially if you're an elite athlete, Um, we see that, you know, this is, this is a way to make yourselves capable of achieving, you know, more than, you know, than without it,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's such a great test for so many different types of people and you don't have to be sick or have an obvious health issue to go get this test, right? So this test is for, you know, sports performance. Um, You list this on your website. People who have neurological disorders like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, ADHD, mood disorders, um, chronic fatigue, osteoporosis, fertility issues, uh, weight issues, and um, cancer patients as well. So it really covers a full spectrum of people and health conditions.
1: Absolutely. And the reason is if nutrients, micronutrients are so fundamental to every process that they would affect so many different processes in the body. I mean, we, we have you know pediatricians that use this in practices with kids that have ADHD and autism, you know, because there's a lot of neurotransmitter function that is dictated by nutrient availability. Um, and, it, you know, from elite athletes to, you know, people in chemotherapy, people, you know, chemotherapy obviously is extremely taxing on the cells. Um, and, um, this is a totally, we have oncologists that use this. It, it, it's just, it's so fundamental that the, what, it, what we're testing, the cells ability to use nutrients is so fundamental that it is applies to so many different. Um, you know, areas of, of health and performance,
0: really. Yeah, you know, and there's a term that is new out there called precision nutrition and also precision medicine. And precision nutrition is all about finding as much information out about how your cells work, how your body's working and tailoring your diet, your lifestyle, your supplements to that. And it's so very precise. And again, it's not your neighbor's and it's not your workout partner's equation. It's your equation. What are the most common deficiencies you see in this test?
1: Um, I would say um, zinc and magnesium are huge. I mean, probably, you know, maybe 20% of samples come in have deficiency of zinc and magnesium and maybe because they're just used in so many different reactions in the body, but those are the most common, um, minerals. We see a lot of vitamin D deficiency. Um, and then, uh, um, probably, uh, some of the, um, B vitamins, but I, um, you know, zinc, zinc, magnesium and vitamin D are probably the most common actually. And, um, so we also have a, um, part of it is the spectrox, which is, um, you know, we talked about the four metabolic tests. One was the pertinence tippy. One was the glucose insulin interaction. One was the immunodex. The spectrox is basically taking the cell and seeing how well it can withstand oxidative stress. That one is extremely um, deficient. And if you think about it, that's basically I mean, t- your, 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 um, your cell's ability to totally withstand an onslaught, um, and uh, that that we measure with um, the spectrox and that is often deficient. The immunodex and the spectrox are often deficient, especially in, in older people. And when I say yep. older, I mean like over 50. Yeah,
0: wow. Um, I'm not surprised about magnesium or vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Wait, but in terms of magnesium, I have a quick question. Yep. There's so many different forms of magnesium to take and they all target different things. But you're just testing for magnesium in general.
1: Yes, um, we, we're um, how you supplement. I mean, there's different you know forms. Usually different. with the mineral, it's you know good chelated to um, amino acids. Right. But we're not testing like um, you know you know magnesium glycinate or magnesium. Syrup. we're not testing a form of it. We're just testing okay. elemental magnesium.
0: Okay, got it. Okay, all right. So we've talked about MTHFR a lot. So I don't want to dive any more into that. But you do have an MTHFR test. Yes. Right. But one of your other tests is super cool, and it's the one on telomeres. Yeah. So can you um, explain what telomeres are and why they're so important?
1: Yeah. The telomere. Um, the telomere test is. Well, telomeres are the the caps on your DNA, they're kind of like the caps on your shoelaces. Um, yep. your DNA is like this like, double helix of, of um, twisted genetic code. And the ends would completely unravel and um, be all jacked up if they didn't have these telomeres that kind of protect them, like those um, ends of your shoelaces. Um, and so um, when a cell d- divides, there's a small bit of the, d- of the telomere that gets shorter. It's like the telomere has a certain length and once you, the cell divides, it gets a little shorter, and then it gets a little shorter the next time it divides, and the next time it divides. And then when it gets to a certain point, the cell says, I can't divide anymore. I'm going to go ahead and die. It's, it's programmed cell death, um, and that cell dies. And, and so um, ideally, you want your telomeres to be long, because then they're going to protect your cells from dying. And when your cells die, your tissues die, and you, you, know, you become aged. Yes. Um, whether it's epithelial cells or, uh, you know, heart cells or whatever. Um, so we measure telomeres. It's a, it's a, um, it's the is tel- it's called the telomere test and it just measures the length of the telomeres, um, the average length of your telomeres on, um, on white blood cells. And it, it's a pretty, you know, exciting, kind of a sexy kind of cool test. Um, but, uh, it's basically measuring how well your cells are aging.
0: Right. So it can give you a glimpse into your biological age versus your chronological age, which is your number in years that you've been alive, but your biological age might be higher or hopefully it's yeah. lower.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 48. <laughs> um, and I do my telomere testing every year. Um, and I'm a little younger biologically than my cells. Um, but it's interesting because the telomere test, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, interesting and exciting number to know. Um, and the first question we always get is, well, how do I make my telomeres longer? You know, and, and there's a difference between shortening the, or or decreasing the rate at which your telomeres decrease. In Mm -hmm. other words, um, the telomere attrition rate, making that, um, not as dramatic and lengthening telomeres. And we don't, you know, we don't do either. We just measure the telomeres, but, um, what ideally you want to do is shorten, decrease the attrition rate. Um, there are some, you know, research that wants to elongate telomeres, but you've got to remember there's only, um, there's the, the enzyme that elongates telomeres is called telomerase. So it seems like, okay, this would be the greatest enzyme ever, right? If I took this enzyme, all my cells are going to like live forever. The, the, the thing is there's only two types of cells well, three types of cells in our bodies that have telomerase. One is stem cells, which we know are really good. Uh, mm-hmm. One is like sperm and um, uh, uh, egg cells. Um, and the other are cancer cells. Cancer cells also express telomerase, um, which is what makes them immortal. And so we don't, um, you know, we, we tell you your telomere length, but we don't necessarily say do whatever you can to increase telomeres in other words if there's telomerase out there you don't necessarily want to take that because there's a reason why our cells stop dividing if they get old and you know screwed up or whatever they don't you don't want that cell to um keep dividing and create those mutations right the tumor or whatever and so it's a it, telomeres is such an interesting thing because it's such a um you know new area of research or whatever we do the telomere testing but Guess what helps reduce the rate of attrition in telomeres? Nutrients. Like we have a whole, you know, um, set of research that shows, you know, if you're deficient in this, it erodes your telomeres. If you replete this, it helps pre- preserve your telomeres. So again, it just goes right back to the fundamental notion of micronutrients make everything work and protect things in your body,
0: including. What are some what what nutrients help support lengthening or
1: um, telomere attrition? Yeah. Um, uh, vitamin D is a big one. Vitamin D has an effect on um, telomeres. Uh, a lot of um, the B vitamins, you know, uh, any any vitamin that is involved in methylation, like we were talking about, methylation is a process in our bodies that is used to turn on and off genes. It's also used, sort of like detoxifying. It's also um, a, a physiological process that is um, important into neurotransmitter um, synthesis. Methyla- any nutrient that involves in methylation um, can potentially affect telomeres which would include um folate which is vitamin b9 um vitamin b6 vitamin b12 serine serine is a um, Mm -hmm. amino acid that is really important to methylation um so a lot of these nutrients um definitely have an impact on telomeres um uh and and you know we haven't done a study where we look at telomeres and then nutrient deficiencies i mean that would be so interesting um but um There is a lot of research that shows that nutrient deficiencies can absolutely erode your telomeres, thus correcting them can help preserve them.
0: Yeah. That's the one test I haven't taken yet, but that's on my list for 2022 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be 54 in February and I'm just super curious as to what my seemingly biological age is after doing, you know, after spending almost three decades, four decades trying to practice biohacking on myself.
1: Yeah, so super interesting. What's interesting is that, um, you know, the biggest thing that can um, erode telomeres is stress. And I know that sounds like a kind of a catch-all, but physiologically, yeah, you know, stress, um, uh, there's nutrients like serine, like I just mentioned that amino acid serine is used in the methylation um, pathway, but serine actually also has another role of, it buffers the, um uh physiological impact of the stress hormones um adrenaline and cortisol and so these mm. nutrients it's like it's everything has like these indirect pathways serine can help buffer the stress response from a physiological standpoint and lo and behold research says serine helps protect telomeres too you know so mm. um there's just i feel like we're in the infancy of nutrition research in terms of just there's so many interacting you know metabolic pathways and everything and and, you know, most medical research is, is more geared towards pharmacological interventions um, or surgical interventions, or, um, but the nutritional interventions are nothing short of amazing, really. You know, they they are very fundamental to our cell health.
0: Yeah. Would you say that the micronutrient test is a great, a good test to take for leaky gut?
1: Does it? Is there a correlation? Uh, Well, I, I say yes. Um, but, uh, then, um, so the micronutrient test, I think leaky gut, um, you know, a lot of people have leaky gut where basically they're, they're, you know, the, the epithelial cells kind of just have little gaps in them in their, in their gut. And so they absorb things they're not supposed to, and maybe have some immune responses as a result. Um, the The micronutrient test is appropriate because number one, if you have leaky gut, you necessarily will have inflammation. you're going to be having um an inflammatory response your body is going to an autoimmune response is by definition really an inflammatory response your mm-hmm. Your body is saying this this protein or carbohydrate or whatever this is does not belong here. I'm mm-hmm. going to launch a response to combat it or clean it up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that inflammatory response is taxing on your cells. Um, it is also needs nutrients to, um, it it causes damage to cells and and that damage needs to be repaired with nutrients. And a lot of these, like the antioxidants that our body uses to repair damage are nutrient dependent. They're completely dependent on nutrients. And so if you have leaky gut, you have inflammation, which means you you need to know what you're deficient in so that you can correct that and help your cells fight the leaky gut, if you will, or the inflammatory response result. But another sort of, um, on the other hand, um, a lot of people who have leaky gut, um, we've seen with, in in a lot of people who have sort of inflammatory bowel disease or um, Crohn's or just like a lot of gut issues, you know, whether they have celiac or not or whatever, they're Mm -hmm. just feeling gut issues. Um, a lot of them are deficient in glutamine, and glutamine is an yeah. um, amino acid that is used in the um, to to help the lining of the um, intestines remain the in, the intestines re, you know remain in the integrity of the lining so that it does not get leaky as well. And um, so the special cell test will sometimes it it will report what your cells are deficient in. Now whether they're deficient in that because you're not absorbing the nutrients or because you need more of that nutrient, like glutamine to repair the gut, or because you're having an inflammatory response, we don't know. It just tells you what you're deficient in and correcting those deficiencies is going right. to help your body, um, yes. uh, combat that leaky gut. It doesn't necessarily it's not the reason for the leaky gut, at least, um, uh, but, but there is a connection. Yeah, there's absolutely a connection. In other words, the leaky yeah. gut might be because you're, you know, you have celiac and you're eating gluten, you'll you right. have leaky gut. But, um, from a physiological standpoint, maybe the reason is because you don't have enough glutamine to repair that, or because you don't have, um, you know, the antioxidants to combat that stress. I mean, there's if, a
0: know, lot of
1: reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the micronutrient test is absolutely, in, um, absolutely good for, um, leaky gut or any kind of inflammatory mm-hmm. gut issue, which most of us have, you know, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I I do. I know I I do. And I work on that every day. And Mm -hmm. um, your test has really, really helped me. I actually, um, we're coming to a close, but one of the, um, one of the wonderful things about your test is that you can repeat it. And so I took it about six months ago, and I just took it again, and I haven't gotten the results back yet. But I'm really curious to see if the protocol I followed Mm -hmm with my functional medicine doctor shows improvements.
1: It, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's the goal. The goal is right. to get the test and develop a repletion program yep. to correct the deficiencies. And then ideally when you retest, those deficiencies are corrected or at least um, improved. And the test is reported you know qualitatively as in deficient or non-deficient but also quantitatively we give you remember i we um percentages 40 in percentage so you yeah. can kind of um quantitatively see if you're um improving but that um you know the goal is to correct the deficiencies um yes said, the purpose of the test really
0: yeah yeah well nicole i have a couple simple questions left. Well, maybe they aren't so simple, but, uh, more fun. What are three things someone can do to start today to support their cellular function?
1: Um, well, of course, uh, you know, special test, but that goes without saying, right. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I'll have to be honest. I am a big proponent of fasting. I think fasting is a very underrated method of healing. Um, it's worth investigating, for so many things, especially like you were mentioning, gut issues. I mean, giving. Um, I think fasting is totally underrated. Um, so I would think I would say that, and and um, I guess maybe also just learning a little bit about what's in your food. It's there's a little bit of a ignorance is bliss because sometimes when you learn about what's in your food, it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't know right. about our food <laughs> supply. Um, but it really is, I think, important to just understand just, you know, what certain ingredients really are and just understand a little, be a little more connected to the source of their food. Yes. It's, um, I,
0: it's one of the things I work with, um, with all of my clients on reading labels, reading ingredients and properly reading a nutrition label and, Mm -hmm. and being your own detective. And it's such an important skill to pass down to your kids because your kids are not always going to be in your house, right? One day they're going to grow up and go off into the world. And they, my kids, I I have trained them. They all know exactly how to read a label and, um, super important skill. Good
1: for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, now that they're older, you know they're eighteen to twenty-seven. Um, the questions that they ask me, or when I get to see them living their life and eating healthy, I'm like, oh wow, they actually listen to me. Like I didn't think
1: they were, and they pretended like they weren't, but they actually are. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, want, I have three um, sons that are age twelve to eight, uh, seventeen, and um, you know I so I do a lot of cooking because you have to really you do. Yeah. I can't just talk the talk. I mean, if I really believe this, I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And um, you know, I sometimes wonder, you know, when they're eighteen they move off to college, maybe they're gonna go eat fast food and just completely whatever, but I think some of it has something. I just feel like it you know, it has Oh yeah. My
0: my kids all live on their own and they have the best kitchen little gadgets, you know, they've got the air fryers and the crock pots. I mean, it's, I have four boys and a girl and a few of my boys, they do all the shopping, all the meal prepping. They look up recipes. It it just warms my heart. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. Well,
1: all right, my yeah. People think, you know, um, food can be such a source of stress when you're like, you know, overwhelmed by how toxic our food are or whatever, but really I love food. And, you know, food really, yeah natural food tastes delicious. Use, you know, spices. I love using spices or whatever. And so its isn't, I'm not like, you know, don't, don't enjoy food and shun it or whatever. I, the food is a source of joy in our house. It's absolutely time consuming source of joy. I mean, we have to invest in that, you know, yes. it's, um, it's absolutely a, a reward.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about lifestyle here, you have got to make a commitment. And to take a test like yours, it costs money. You know, this is not a $50 test. Um, And so go into it with the attitude that whatever, whatever results you get, you're going to commit to a protocol. And you're going to see it through because I see so many people quit after like 30 days. It's just too hard. I can't do it, you know, but it's, it's really about working on that mindset, working on stress reduction techniques and really visualizing what your life could feel and look like when you follow such protocol and you have all that goodness, right? Yeah. Yeah, So that's pretty cool. Um, Last question. What are your top three foods or supplements?
1: Um, Well, my supplements, I mean, I do change my supplement protocol, um, according to my my micronutrient, but there are certain foods that um, I really like uh, fermented Mm kraut, fermented, I just feel like it's a great source of, um, you know, um, uh, probiotic, yeah, and, and I make my boys eat some fermented kraut, you know, every once in a while, Um, I, what I've noticed about kids is if you just make them eat it, like, Eventually, after maybe like 10 or 20 times, they just just like it suddenly. So um, I think, yeah, you know, um, I do like fermented kraut. I think it's just a good healing food. Bone broth. I do like to have some bone broth, um, you know, and I'm talking about like a food that I feel like it's healing, you know, Um, but a food that's fun. I just, I love nuts and fruit. I mean, I do, um, you know. I think those are just great uh, snacks. So yeah, great choices.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Nicole, um, I'm going to put into the show notes how to contact Spectracell. But they are at Spectracell.com. They have an Instagram account at Spectre cell Labs, and their Facebook page is Spectracell Laboratories LLC. And the- all of this will be in um, the show notes with links. And Nicole, thank you so much for all of your time, all of your wisdom, and um, just such interesting information about what Cell is doing. Um, so progressive and so important. Such a, such a great way to fill in that missing link for many, many folks out there. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Lifestyle changes can be hard and overwhelming to make. By building your support team of functional medicine doctors, therapists, and health coaches, you can reach your optimal health goals. Be sure to check out my other podcasts. Until we meet again, stay
1: healthy.